Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to another edition of Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood, and I have one of my favorite people in the office here for our Humans of Work Human. (laughs) It is John Wambach. John, can you tell everybody kind of like who you are? What do you even do here? I don't know what we pay you for. So, (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't figured that out yet, interestingly (laughs) enough. So I am the Creative Services Director. I am in the process of building out project management team to support marketing and other areas of the organization. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. Thanks well, for having me. <laughs> how long have you been here? Three months. Three months. Three months. Three long months. But no, it's been great. Ever since you first joined, you've been trying to get me to go to your island. You, I yes, think, the island so club. I have to, well, so you came up to me one day, and it was probably like two months after you worked here, and you said, hey, you should come to my island. Right. And I was like, what is this island? Oh, there's a bunch of dudes on the island and we hang out. And I'm like, are you trying to murder me? Right. It was like day two. <laughs> so it's just like. I was like, it would be fun to hunt him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would either be hunted as the most dangerous game. Right. My wife would end up looking for me months later and find out that I was half animal, half Mike. Or you would just murder me and eat me. Well, you might not yeah. want to eat me. It's a little fatty. Right. Just murder. um, Are we editing this out? No, we're keeping this part in. (laughs) Can you tell us about the island? Because I think it's really cool. First of all, he said he lives in Worcester. And he's like, come to the island in Worcester, which is landlocked in the middle of the state. (laughs) So what is this island? So there was an ice company in Worcester in Tatnick Square that owned about 80 acres, including a pond, an island, and all the land around it. Back in... I want to say like 1912 or so, Norton Company wanted to buy the land for a corporate retreat, okay? Local residents pooled their money and ended up buying the property, okay? So ever since then, it's in a way like any other association, you pay Pay yearly fees, you pay your dues, and you have access to... The land, the beach, the pond, the island. It's nice. It's like a little slice of heaven inside. Yeah. And every every month you get together with the guys, you did like a pig roast, I think, the last time. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get there on a barge. You you do. You have to take a barge across. It's very (laughs) rough. It's very old school. It's a family thing. This is not just like men only or or anything like that. It's a family club, but the guys do get together once a month and we do like, Pig roast, clam bakes, things like that. That's great. You got to have these little like get-togethers. You got to have right. fun little clubs outside of work. I have my Boy Scout buddies are my uh, closest friends. We're the Troop One Stowe alumni, the Tosa guys, and we give money back to the community in terms of scholarships and different events that we do around town. But it's been a great group of guys. We're actually going up to Maine this weekend to complete our decathlon, which is 10 events, wow. and there's a big trophy that has been passed around at different people's weddings it's made appearances it's i have never won it but my brother twin brother or 
quadruple brother, um, has won many times. And I almost shocked the world once came in second. So, wow. Big silver medal from like some country that no one's ever heard of. So it was a little, that was a fascinating tangent that nobody wanted to listen to. But I could tell you were very enthralled. Well, no, I'm thinking the purpose of these episodes is just Mike to talk about himself. No, 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 no. It's to talk about you, which will get me to open up. No, I haven't done the humans of work, human me. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this head. Yeah. That Give the man people should, should know about. No. <laughs> there should always be an HR representative. <laughs> exactly. I have room. my I have my standing meeting on Tuesdays. So we're doing a campaign here in the office about being the spark. And, you know, how can you spark joy in your colleagues' lives? And and I know that one of the things that we did, Kristen Banks dropped off a little like sparkly light thing. And that got you thinking because you are huge into lights and Christmas from what I hear. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. Well, for, so first off, Chris, I was voluntold to help with these lights. <laughs> So little did I know, I did not know the extent of what was needed here. But when a box was put in front of me with thousands upon thousands of white lights, I don't know, I did get a little excited. (laughs) So I'll explain this story. When I was in junior high in Worcester, Christmas lights across the board in the 80s were pretty tacky, you know, right? I set out with the help of my father to make my parents' house the classiest house in the city of Worcester, right? Which is not hard to do. No. But <laughs> so I got a box of white lights, never seen white lights before. They were a new thing. And I was like, I'm going to take these white lights and I'm going to like decorate my mom's house. She's always wanted this. I'm going to do it for her. So my dad and I proceeded to take. 400 lights that first year in cover bushes. Since every single year, it has grown 400, 600, 800 to the point of now, what, 25 years later, we're at like 2,800 lights. Oh, uh, wow. My, I have hired landscape companies to come in and plant new bushes for my paint because their bushes weren't worthy of my <laughs> light magic, you know? It's just been kind of interesting. One year very early on. Oh, by the way, Friday after Thanksgiving. Okay. That's when you put them on? My father and I dedicate the day Friday. Rain or shine, doesn't matter. Snow, freezing rain, that's that day we dedicate to the lights. So one morning, little, you know, young John Wambach is eating a leftover apple pie, right? (laughs) I'm cutting off the tips of black pen caps. Okay. Taking the pen caps, cutting them in half. And my father was like, you know, what are you doing? I was like, last year, it drove me crazy that when I had to run lights from one bush to another, you could see a horizontal string of lights between bushes. It's interesting because I'm not like this in any other like aspect of my life. But I was like, it's driving me crazy. There's no bush there. There shouldn't be a light. So I cut all these pen caps and I was putting them over the lights. So it would just be a nice clean effect. So my father, I was like, I'm going to patent this and make a fortune. So the next day, my dad came over 
and he'd like just like threw a bag from if anybody if anyone knows spags is, is everybody <laughs> familiar with spags um, maybe here? people here are but uh <laughs> spags is like a sam's club from the 60s probably we'll say it's it's a uh, very old store that I don't even think they had shelves. It was the just be- a bunch of stuff in a warehouse. The best way I can describe <laughs> it is if if you needed a grapefruit and motor oil, the chances are they would both be next to each other yeah. <laughs> in a bin. And, you know, one-stop shopping. It was just very convenient. Yes. So came through this little package from Spags at me, and apparently this has been, like, marketed, you know, beat me to the punch, and I... And I lost out on fame and fortune because of that. Anyway, I digress. So (laughs) every year it gets better and better. It's never on the house. It's only on bushes. And it has to be perfect. So you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this every Friday after Thanksgiving for a long time. I don't even think my mom wants it anymore. You know? Are are they still living there? (laughs) Well, so my father passed away two years ago. But it's my thing now. You know what I mean? And it keeps me connected to him. And my, yes, that would be funny if my mom's, no, my mom lives in Florida. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the day has become bigger than that now, even like we have a big bonfire oh, afterwards. Nice. Uh, we fry turkey. It's become for my side of the family, like bigger than Thanksgiving, even. Now, my it, house, it, I do the lights yeah. in the morning and then it becomes a huge party. Friends come over. We have the, like, crazy fire and just have a blast are you passing the torch to your son no he has no interest in this no interest in this. i was telling Kristen banks about these two christmas trees we have for the house artificial trees right that came pre-lit but because i enjoy this so much i threw away the lights <laughs> that came on the tree and every year i relight it like you have to get in there and make sure every branch has a light and has to be just perfect. But when those trees come out, my son locks himself in the room. <laughs> like nobody in my family wants anything to do with this. No. I just turn into a total maniac. However, for the entire season, I would say that both my mom, because of her house and Sean and Kim for the work that I put into our own Christmas tree are like very grateful for the work that goes into this. I can't, what makes me so happy is seeing, like how understanding how much it means to my mother that I keep doing this and knowing that it was just something that happened out of the blue one year and like has become kind of a tradition, but she appreciates it so much and I can't. And now not to like go off on the deep end, but knowing that it was something my father and I did together to keep doing that uh, year after year, it just it means a lot to me. You know? Good. You got to find those things. You got to find those traditions, and it could be something as small as putting lights up on bushes, but it will turn into something yeah. better. And I feel like you're minimizing the work I do, Mike. <laughs> this I don't know. I'm this is to... like six hours of like this you don't just awful. Throw, have do you ever? <laughs> when I drive around and I see hack light displays. <laughs> I have a visceral reaction. No? No, I mean, I mean, I've seen the really big displays, and I hope that one day I'll never have to do that. I mean, when I was a kid, it was awesome to see the different displays. This is not big. 
it's <laughs> what did we say? Yeah, it's it's want, not massive. I don't want to go there, but it's classy. It's yeah. First off, you throw a blow up like Christmas. You throw that thing at me. I'm taking a knife to it. Oh, like right? the like the snow globe oh, yeah. or like frosty. No, that is just no way, no way. The just white lights. Okay, can't stress. If anybody has any interest in a classy white light display this holiday season, just email John Wampack. <laughs> so I have to tell you that um, I dated a girl in surprising. high school. That's surprising. Very surprising. I think it was some sort of pity arrangement, but her dad had the largest Christmas display in like the Metro West area. Oh. And it, this is in Lancaster. And he actually had one of the gigantic nutcrackers that they used to have at the Leachmere store that has gone out of business a long time ago down in Framingham. He took one of those. So every time mm. I'd go to like pick up his daughter for like a date or whatever, I'd have this gigantic like uh, nutcracker thing hovering over my car. And I'm just picturing mm. ways. He was to sending get, a message. Killed. He yeah. was sending a message yes, to you. Yes, he, he was. Um, right. That's another one of my stories that don't really go anywhere yeah. or have a point. But thank you, John Wambach, for telling us all about Christmas lights and being the spark. And I may have to make it out to uh, Worcester to, to see the display. It's not a drive-by display. Okay, so all I right? will be disappointed. Yes, you would be. <laughs> if you would only appreciate the perfection, it's a light to... Bush ratio that you have. To. <laughs> the light to bush ratio? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You would only appreciate if you care about those things. That's right. why it's well, like. We have a little Christmas tree that we put up in the marketing department, and I hope that you will be a part of yeah, that. Yeah. I'll show you what I mean. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank All you, right. John Wambach. And thanks, everybody, for listening to us I, just go off I, and on about classy light displays. Yeah, I hope that it was worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure it was. <laughs> If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 